Okay, everybody, today you click that button because you're curious about what six steps you need to take when moving to the Woodland Park area or the Teller County area. So make sure you stay all the way to the end and you'll hear my number one step from when you're moving out here and what to look for. And I look forward to talking to you through this. What's up everybody, this is James Dean with James Dean Mountain Real Estate and Keller Williams Clients Choice, right here in the Woodland Park area of Colorado. If this is your first time to this channel and you want to know everything there is about working, eating, sleeping, playing, and the six steps of moving to Woodland Park, then make sure you click that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that bell also, that way you're notified every time a new video comes out to keep you informed about what's going on here in Woodland Park. Honestly, we have so many people that are calling me all the time asking about relocating here to Woodland Park and I absolutely love it. So make sure you reach out to me. You can call me, text me, email me. You can even send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. Whatever you got to do to get a hold of me, contact me about your relocation here, and I've got your back when moving to the Woodland Park area. What's up, everybody? We're going to go over the six steps of what it's like to move to the Woodland Park area today. And I'll go through them sequentially. The last one's going to be my number one step, though, so make sure you stay to the end of that. So my number one step is just as in any move or any kind of relocation, make sure you know your price point. Know what you're coming into, know what you're planning on spending, so that way you've got some parameters to work with and you're gonna be able to help us, help you, to be able to focus in on those properties that are gonna fit you the best. So we've got stuff that's ranging all the way from the, the upper 300s and 400,000s, you know, up to the sky's the limit is how much you wanna spend out here. Uh, different neighborhoods that are going to have different price points uh, from 500 to 600, some up to 700s and 800s. So knowing that price point is definitely going to help us to help you to figure out exactly where you want to live. So that's a big thing with any move, anywhere you're going, is, is to make sure you know that price point. The second thing is, is if you're going to be working out here, or even if you're not working, if you're just retiring out here, or you're wanting to live out here temporarily, or even have a vacation home out here, you need to know your commute times. So just because um, you know, you want to move out here to the Pikes Peak area and, the, and specifically the Teller County and the Woodland Park region, you want to make sure that you know how long it takes to get to certain supermarkets, how long it takes to get down to Colorado Springs, depending on how often you're going to need to do that. So some folks come out here and they want that full seclusion. They don't care how long it takes. They'll, they don't care if they're two and a half hours away from the Colorado Springs area, as long as they get their mountain field and they get their privacy once they move out here. Other folks come out here and they don't want to let go of that stuff. They don't want to let go of that convenience of being close uh, when they're talking about commute times and driving to get into different places. So having that idea of about what you're thinking commute time, and, and I'll tell you right now, it's better to think more time-based than it is distance-based. We don't have the same amount of traffic. We definitely don't have the same amount of traffic lights as a big city does. But when you know and understand like, hey, in the big city that I'm coming from or, or wherever part of the country I'm moving from, I'm used to driving 20 minutes. I can do a 20, 30 minute drive to work every day. That won't bother me. Or, hey, I'm used to living really close. I want to be five to 10 minutes away. Those are big deals when you're actually considering how far you want to be from, from the main hub, which is Colorado Springs, or will them park depending on where you're working. If you're working from home, great. That takes a lot of those questions right out of it. And your commute time isn't going to bother you as much as probably looking at internet speeds so that you can make sure you work from home and you can do it effectively. So those commute times are a huge impact and folks get a little bit 
scared sometimes when they see the distance that they're technically going to be driving. But the reality of it is the time they're spending in the vehicle is going to be very similar, if not the same, of what they've been spending in a large city to begin with. Um, just because we don't have all the traffic lights or the traffic that they're having to deal with. And they're getting to drive through beautiful areas of the countryside, seeing gorgeous views constantly on their way down. A great example of this is when I first moved out here, um, and I live in Divide. When I first moved out here to the Teller County area, um, I have tons of friends, you know, because I was working down at Fort Carson. Tons of friends that were like, man, how do you live up there? You're on the other side of Pikes Peak. That's got to be a horrific drive. I can't believe you do that all the time. Well, the funny thing is a lot of those same friends lived up in the Monument, Palmer Lake area, Black Forest area, and they spent just as much time sitting in traffic getting down to Fort Carson as I did driving down from the mountains. And I had a much prettier drive with a lot less traffic and a lot less stress. And that was something that was just mind boggling to them when they realized that. So definitely something to think about commute time. And that commute time will help provide that radius of where you're actually gonna live within Woodland Park. The next thing you wanna do, the next thing you wanna think about is what do you want out of living in the mountains? So folks that move to Colorado a lot of times, they come out here for the mountains. They don't always necessarily want to live in the mountains. They just want to come out here for the effect of the mountains. But if you're living up here in the Teller County area, or even in the foot range, you know, down in, you know, if you're getting closer on the western side of Colorado Springs, you're getting much more up into the mountain areas. So you need to think about what do you want to get out of that? Is it privacy? Is it views? Is it wildlife? Is it lots of land? You know, it, or is it the cooler temperatures with the lack of AC? Like, what is it that you are wanting to get from living in the mountains. And that's gonna have a massive effect on what type of home you're looking for also, and what areas you wanna actually consider living in. So just living in the mountains, I mean, you can, just, you can come out and say, oh, I just wanna live in the mountains, and that's an easy statement to make, but there's a lot of different choices that you can make once you get up here. So thinking about like what, what's the reason why you wanna be up here is a big to-do uh, when you're thinking about moving to, to the Woodland Park area. And a lot of that's probably going to um, balance out some of what might be considered some of the negative aspects of living up here, uh, like being further away from your central hub or where you work if you're working in Colorado Springs. Those are things to think about for sure because your lifestyle and the way you're living and your quality of life that you have in the mountains can very easy balance out that scale. For me it did. It did for a long time before I worked up here full time. When I was working down in Colorado Springs, I, I would always be stressed down there, and it was great that when I was able to come home, as soon as you kind of you get past, you get up on 24, and you're going through that U Pass area, and you pop up there past the Pike Speed Toll Road, and you're, you're kind of back up here, you just feel that relaxation come back. Everything just kind of slows down. There's not that fast pace, like boom, 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 like there is down there in the city. And you can just feel, you know, just your body just relax, and that stress just kind of come off it. So that was a big balancer for me also, and that was something that I wanted in it. We also wanted land and views and just that mountain type atmosphere and the mountain environment with all the wildlife that there is up here. We could have gotten land and views if we moved to the east side of Colorado Springs, but that would have been flat land with no terrain and that's not what we wanted. That's why we wanted to come up into the mountains. And the funny thing is, is where we live in the mountains, we don't actually have a direct view of Pikes Peak, but we have beautiful views around the area with the terrain down a little valley that we've got uh, out here in Divide. And we've got gorgeous views out here in and of itself that can stretch for miles and miles and miles. So we love that, plus the ability to have the life, the lifestyle that we wanted up here, living out in the country, but with the mountain type living. 
Uh, number four that you're looking at is, is uh, understanding the different types of homes that are up here. So there are a plethora of different types of homes. You've got easy maintenance homes. You've got lots of maintenance homes. You know, you've got new homes, old homes. Um, there's all different types of stuff up here. And I'm going to hit a few of the main ones that we see up here. But these are things to think about because folks come up here and they come in the mountains. I know I did. I mean, when I see, you see a log cabin or a log home, you're just like, wow, that is the quintessential home. Oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I want. Well, I got news for you. There's things that happen with the log home that I had no idea about until I came here. Um, and I'm glad that I found it out on a rental because we actually rented for a few months first while we were looking for a house because there just wasn't a whole lot of surplus out there. And that's what we did. We just got a temporary rental with some friends. We had that lucky ability to do that. Um, but that home happened to be a home that was almost like a vacation rental. It was, it was a, a log type home. And we were here in the wintertime. So with log homes, what I never knew before, um, you know, and, and I should have, you know, knowing that wood is a living organism, even when it's been cut down and it's dried out, it's still a living organism. And it swells and shrinks based on what's happening with the environment. And because of that, it's got to constantly be taken care of. My parents have a, a log home in Florissant. And there's this constant maintenance that has to be done on these homes, especially up here in Colorado. We're living up here in Teller County. We're close to the 9,000 foot mark. We're closer to the sun. That sun is a lot stronger as it beats down. Plus, we have a lot of days of sunshine here, a lot more than a lot of other folks do. So that sun is pretty brutal on that as well. So there's things that have to be done constantly, like staining and sealing of the wood. That has to be done every couple years, you know, two to three years, just to maintain the aesthetic appeal and to keep it from deteriorating to the point where you're going to have problems. Something else that has to happen, too, is, is a sealant between those logs. So you've got those logs, you know, that are pressed together, and they've got sealing between them to keep them insulated, to keep that wind draft from coming through. Well, if you're not sealing it and maintaining it the way it's supposed to, as it swells and shrinks, you end up with cracks in the wood. And that log home that we stayed in for the first few months that we were here, at, at, in daytime, when the, when the sun was bright outside, you could actually see cracks going out and you could feel the drafts coming in. Man, that house was drafty. It was so drafty when the wind was blowing. You could feel that. And, it, and that's a problem in the wintertime. So it takes a lot of maintenance to actually handle that. Another very common home that we have out here that takes a lot of maintenance are your cedar siding homes. Beautiful homes, gorgeous, very rustic as well. Another quintessential mountain style home. However, with cedar, just like with the log wood or the log homes, you're still going to have to treat it. So you're going to have to stain it basically all, uh, every couple of years. And that's just to maintain its, its look, to keep it from deteriorating, and it just keeps it from just falling apart, especially those sides that are getting blasted by the sun. Just like a wood deck would have to get stained every so often also, that cedar siding is going to have to have the same thing done to it as well. So that's stuff that's very important to remember. Those are some of the biggest high-maintenance homes we have out here. We also have stucco homes out here as well. Stucco is great, very low maintenance. Just be careful. Stucco after a time will start to crack and have its issues too. So those will have to be taken care of. But just like any home, there, there's going to be you know normal wear and tear and maintenance that has to happen with these homes. We also just have your basic fiber wood or your your uh, what's called a stick build. So it's got you've got your uh, your uh, siding up that's going to be a hardy board or, or a fiber type uh, uh, substitute for that. 
that's just painted over as well. Those are very easy to maintain, simple to maintain homes um, also. You typically don't have to worry about a whole lot with those other than just getting them painted every now and then and then having to watch out for woodpeckers because we do have woodpeckers out here and, and they like to make holes in the side of your home. That's with any kind of wood home, they're gonna have, they're gonna be up there doing that. So stuff to think about for sure is the type of home that you're looking at getting and what kind of maintenance you're looking to do. Now the benefit is, is that yeah, even though I might have maintenance that I have to do on the exterior of the house every so often, for the most part, unless you live in Woodland Park and you've got an actual lawn that you're seeding and you're taking care of, stuff out in the rural areas doesn't have grass that grows like it does down closer to sea level um, or in Colorado Springs where you're having to mow it once a week. Um, to give you an example, my place, so we've got a place um, that's a nice little tiny ranch and I, I mow the uh, I'm, I mow around the house three, four times a summer. That's it. That's all. That's the only time I ever mow it because it's slow growing grass out here. You just don't have to mow it that often. So that's a plus. So you get a little bit of a trade off in that. So even though you're having to do the maintenance on the exterior of the house, and you're talking about once every couple years, two to three years, you don't have to do as much mowing as you would somewhere else. Another very, very important fact when you're moving out here to the Woodland Park area and the Teller County area is having an agent that is very familiar with this area, preferably that lives in the area also because they're invested in it. They know what the type, what type of issues you might need to look for. They know what kind of pitfalls to watch out for when you're looking at getting a home and they will help keep you from falling into those and help explain what the normalcies are for what happens out here, such as wells, cisterns, um, dealing with septic tanks, um, all different types of uh, you know, nuances that can occur out here in Teller County that is very different than anything down in El Paso and Colorado Springs. And the majority of the agents that are up here in the Teller County area, all of us work in both areas. And there's El Paso County agents that come up here and work in Teller County, but they don't work up here nearly as much as we work down there and up here. Our primary focus up here is a Teller County agent. And specifically like where I am with Keller Williams, we're located in Woodland Park is this area. This is my primary area up here in this, in this particular spot, in these spots. So I'm very familiar with what goes on up here. I also do 30 to 40% of my business down in Colorado Springs. So I do a majority of my business up here, but I do quite a bit of business down in Colorado Springs too. And I'm very knowledgeable about what happens down there. That's very different than a Colorado Springs agent that comes up here that does 99% of their business down in Colorado Springs and might do one or two deals maybe a year up in Teller County or maybe every couple years they do one up here in Teller County and they have no idea what's going on. They don't know what the, normalcies, the normalities are of what happens up here. They don't know who to talk to if there's any kind of issues. They don't know who to go to. They don't have a vendor list of folks that can actually come out and help fix some issues with your home. There's just a lot of reasons why it's very important to, be, to have an agent that's actually from this area. Um, and then don't even get me started on Denver. We get Denver agents that come out here all the time. And that to me bothers me to the core. And I'm just going to go on a little soapbox here and I apologize. But when an agent comes from Denver, that's a two and a half hour drive away. And they come in here and they try to sell places in here or they send their clients here and they don't even come with them to come look at a home. I mean, come on. You're talking about somebody that's advising you and representing you on one of your most expensive investments that you're going to make in a lifetime, purchasing a house, and they don't have the nerve to even come with you, that's just, that's unprofessional in my mind. 
or they come out here and they just don't know what's going on and they expect the other agent, the listing agent that's out here that's from here to hold the whole deal together just so they can get their commission. Please don't do that. Don't do that at all. I don't go up into Denver ever and try to operate in the area. I don't know Denver. I don't want to know Denver. I don't want to work in Denver. Therefore, I'm not going to sit here and try to glean the money off my clients just because they came to me first and then try to get that up there. I'm going to refer them to an agent that's going to take care of them to the best ability that, that they know how. That way, my client that came to me first, even if they're looking up at the Denver area, I'm going to make sure they're getting the right kind of representation, the right kind of counseling and advising that they should be demanding and that they should get for the type of business that they're actually coming here for. I love to be able to provide as much education and to help my clients learn as much as they can about the area, especially as you're being new to it. So I bring all that as much as possible to it. It's not just a transaction. I want to educate you. You're buying a home in this area. I want you to understand why things are the way they are or why there's a cistern out here or why this well might not pump as well as other ones or why there's not a well out here or how much it's going to cost to get a well and what the chances are of them hitting uh, water when they actually are drilling for a well. There's so much stuff that goes into this that, that needs to have a knowledgeable local agent. And that is why we focus so much on the areas that we're in. I am an expert in my area, which is why I like to work in the area that I'm in the greater Colorado Springs area, and the mountain area of Teller County, where I live and I primarily do all my work. So just make sure you think about that when you're interviewing agents. They need to be somebody that's out there working for you, not sitting there and just waiting for a paycheck for you and just facilitating the transaction. That's not what an agent should be doing for you. Number six, and this is the biggest one, is the plan for your move. So there's all types of different um, obstacles that can kind of come to come to uh, fruition out here. Um, and uh, let's see. So some of the big ones um, are seasons. So you're looking at moving out here to Colorado and to the Willow Park and specifically in the mountain area. So if you're looking at moving out here, you know, really anytime in the early spring, um, the uh, late fall or the winter months, you need to be planning for a very good possibility of snow. Now, the majority of the areas that we have out here, it melts fairly quickly, it doesn't hang around. In the dead of the winter, it will hang around a little bit longer than normal. But you get into those wet months specifically, like springtime is a big one. That's when we get a lot of big wet snows. So you need to be prepared for that, especially because we have a lot of roads out here that aren't paved, they're dirt roads. So if you've got that snow coming in and you're getting 12 to 18 inches that night, and then the next day it's all melting off, that dirt road's not gonna be dry dirt. It's gonna be a lot of mud. So knowing and understanding that, planning for that, giving yourself, excuse me, some cushion is very important also. And something that you definitely want to make sure you're providing for yourself. So you're not putting yourself in this time crunch to where you're just stressed and you're like, oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it because I can't get the moving truck up the driveway, you know, or these other issues. Just always make sure that you're discussing, you know, with your agent and the folks that are out there like, hey, so we can make sure we've got this set up time wise so that we get the, you know, the correct timing on your move up here. Summertime isn't, isn't without its own obstacles as well. You know, summer and late spring, we've got our big thunderstorms that happen out here too. So being prepared for that. Big winds that come with those thunderstorms as they come through, 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Not easy to move a big mirror, you know, if you're trying to carry a mirror and you got a 60 mile an hour wind that's pushing through. Usually you can wait for those to push past and you'll be able to actually make it in, you know, eventually anyways. But just stuff to think about. Or the hail along the front range 
Not so much up here in this area. It does happen up here, but just not nearly as often. We're talking about, you know, years in between when it happens up here as opposed to the springs. It's every year. It happens down there several times where they get massive bits of hail. So think about that too, coming out here and just be ready. So if you end up, you know, coming on a weekend that's there's a lot of thunderstorms forecasted, you might be able to get a lot of work done in the morning when moving into your new home, but the afternoon might need to be, you know, slowing down or doing stuff inside the home at that point. So that way you're not dealing with all that stuff that's kind of coming through. Also, seasonally, we have more traffic in the summertime than we do later on in the year because summer's our big tourist season up here. And this is a beautiful place to live, which is why a lot of people love to come up here and go camping and come visit and spend time up here also. So know that too, you know, if you're coming up on a Friday, just be ready for a lot of traffic coming up 24, because they're all on the way out from Colorado Springs out to our area out here to come camp and visit and hang out and spend time in the mountains. And then on Sundays is when they're all coming back and they're going back down the mountain. So just plan for that accordingly and be ready for that too. Um, so also, Things to think about too are, you know, supplies uh, for when you get out here. So make sure if you're coming out here and you're coming here from Texas or you're coming here from Southern California or somewhere that's a little bit warmer and you're coming out here in a cold season, it's going to be colder up here regardless because you're up here at 9,000 feet. So make sure you bring clothes, you know, to, to take care of that because you're going to be a little chilly up here at first as you start acclimatizing to the different types of weather we have up here. The great thing is it's dry, so you're not gonna be nearly as cold as you would be in a humid climate. But definitely make sure you've got jackets and long sleeve shirts and stuff, especially if you're gonna be working outside at night or you're gonna have the doors wide open in the house and stuff, you're getting stuff in. So, cause it's gonna be a lot cooler in that sense. So make sure you've got the proper supplies for that too, as well as if you're coming up here in the winter time or in a time that there could be snow and you're looking at moving up here, don't forget to you know get a snow shovel, get something that you're gonna be able to you know shovel some stuff off just to be ready, a brush for your car to get all the snow off the windshield, um, just so you can be prepared and ready. You're not scrambling once you get up here trying to get that stuff if you get caught in a snowstorm or if you get caught in the middle of a snowstorm while you're doing the move also. And then you're running around trying to find out where you're going to actually be, be able to take care of that stuff. And that can also help you out too with like snow removal service type stuff. So as you're getting settled in and you might not have the ability to take care of your driveway or to clear that stuff out, I can hook you up with some people that will be able to take care of that for you, um, that will be able to do that for you. And they might be able to do it for you regularly if, if that's something that you're looking for them to do as well. Also, think about you know uh, supplies food-wise and everything else. So if you're going all the way out in Western Florida and you're moving out there, um, you're going to want to you know grab some groceries and stuff that you're going to have out there too just because you're a little bit further from grocery stores. If you're closer to town in a Woodland Park or you've got um, up in Divide, we've got Venture Foods right there. Um, or Legree's, whatever it's being called these days. It seems like it changes hands every other year. Um, but it's a good little supermarket that's right there that's been very steady and it's always been there. And those are places that are towards Cripple Creek. They've got supermarkets up there too. Places that you know you're going to be able to get food. Because more than likely when you first move out here to that area, you're just not going to have the time once you get there to, 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 um, you know, to make sure your pantry's all set up and you're ready to go. Um, so which flips into another thing that I would like to talk about too, and that's making sure you know exactly where the places are to eat also. So, and there's some great places to eat and it's a little bit easier sometimes, especially if you're doing the move to get something to go or just go grab something to eat. So Woodland Park has got lots of really good restaurants. You got Peak View Barbecue, you got the Swiss, um, you've got, uh, uh, Fusion Japan, um, You've got uh, Judges that's out there. You've got Carmen's. You've got AJ's Pizza. You've got Domino's Pizza. You've got lots of different choices 
uh, within that area to be able to get food, either take out or to sit, go sit down and eat just to take a break from the day of moving in there. Coming out further uh, west on 24, uh, you've got uh, McGinty's Irish uh, Pub, which is it's a restaurant, sit-down restaurant, and they've got a sports bar in there also. They've got excellent food. Russ's place is a real, real local place um, that's kind of back there behind that. Um, and then, you know, going down into Florissant, um, they've got a couple restaurants down in there too, and then up in the, in the Cripple Creek area. So knowing where to go for those, um, and then just being ready too, because a lot of these restaurants, as you get out of the Woodland Park area, a lot of them close at eight, nine o'clock on the weekdays. Um, so they're not open super late. So make sure you're planning for that too. So you're not working your, you know, your butt off thinking like, oh, I'm going to work till daylight's over, you know, and in the summertime, you're talking like, 8 8:30, and, and then you're going to go get something to eat and potentially they might be closed so stuff to think about for sure as far as going to get stuff to eat in restaurants to be able to go out there and eat so i hope you guys enjoyed this video i enjoyed making it um and uh, those were the six things that you need to know about moving to woodland park so don't forget uh james dean with james dean mountain real estate keller williams client's choice i'm here for you guys make sure you click that subscribe button also, make sure you click that bell so you get notified every time that new video comes on. Don't forget, you can call me, text me, email me. Um, make sure you're giving me a call and let me know you're on the way and you're looking at relocating here. And I'll start putting together a strategy for finding you your next dream home here in the Woodland Park area. And we'll get you squared away so you've got everything set up.